Welcome to another episode, Dr. Jay Beckett Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Jacob uh, Noble, as you can see from the podcast description and title, and we're going to have a, a nice conversation here over the phone. But uh, before we get started, and I welcome Jacob, let's uh, thank the sponsors. Uh, appreciate the sponsors. It's Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, as well as ComC, COMC.com. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Uh, some of the t- some of the some of what Jacob and I will be talking about may have something to do with some of the sponsors. So, uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. I understand your attorney. You wrote me a very nice uh, email expressing your situation. And rather than reading it, why don't you put in your own words what your situation is and and uh, kind of your hobby journey and and uh, why you uh, expressed yourself to me. Uh, sure. When I received it, I thought, hey, this might be best others. Well, my, hot, my autograph collecting journey started when I was a kid. I used to go to games. Like I was from D.C. We didn't have the Nationals, so we'd go see the Orioles. And I used to go yeah. up to Camden Yards, and originally it was Memorial Stadium. Right. I'd get autographs all the time, and then I left the hobby for a little bit in high school and college. But then I went to law school, and um, I always wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. I, I thought it was because – or I didn't think it was because. It was, uh, I, I thought Clarence Darrow was this great big figure, and I wanted to be <laughs> like him. Yeah. And I want, and I always wanted to do criminal defense from the get-go. And I went to law school at Stetson. And yeah. in addition to Stetson being a great law school, geographically speaking, it was one of the greatest locations for, for going to <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I had Clearwater, Tampa, Dunedin, Sarasota. I know I'm missing one. Mm-hmm. Um, I even went to Lakeland. But I was able to go to so many Florida State beat games and, and amass yeah. hundreds of autographs, thousands of autographs. Right, and then right. And then I graduated. I, I became a public defender. Now I'm out on my own in private practice. I've been doing it for 14 years. I know you've testified in trials before. And as someone who has, I've tried over 50 cases, and it just wears you down. Um, every well, attorney has worked for it. Were you, uh, I mean, do you get exhilarated when you, I mean, are you, uh, you're, you're a defense attorney, right, on criminal defense? Yes. And yes. so uh, are you, you know, are how affected are you by uh, wins and losses? And I guess there's plea plea deals and things like that. But uh, how affected are you by the outcomes? Um, uh, physically, it takes a toll. You know, because as I tell my clients, especially when there's an offer and they want to reject the offer and they want to go yeah. to trial, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm going home no matter what. Um, it's funny that you ask me about how it affects me. If you every time I hear a door knock. My heart races because the door knock is the is the signal that the jurors give to the judge to let them know that a verdict yeah, that they reach yeah. the verdict or they have a question. And I can't tell you. I, I think my high blood pressure is due in part to over fifty yeah. knocks that I've heard in my career. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, like I said, I was on the civil side, and there were there were high stakes. But uh, you know, I was brought in as as an expert, and I'm just there to do my best and tell the truth and to explain uh, my analysis, but. You know, I, I suppose if you're a defense attorney, you you get pretty aligned with your client, and and they just uh, were these cases that were capital. Were there? Were there? I haven't done many. I, I haven't done a capital murder per se. I have had murder trials. So I've had some very serious, you know, not fit for this type of broadcast cases. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes the cases that I have. Some of them make you you question humanity. Um, yeah. It's over. It's. I remember uh, Justice Roberts said that. Um, being an umpire, uh, being a as a judge, he's like an umpire. He calls balls and strikes, and right. and I actually respectfully disagree with that statement because I yeah. umpire as well. Uh, <laughs> I used I, to I, as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, being an umpire is more like being a public defender. No matter or, or yeah. a criminal defense attorney, no matter what you do, nobody's going to like it, especially yeah. your clients. 
right? Because if your client's innocent, it's I told you I was innocent, and then yeah. when the jury comes back guilty, it's your fault because they yeah. have been. Yeah. Well, Jacob, let, let's get to some sports card insights here. Sure. So, if you're uh, you have a highly stressful job, uh, yes. and my guess is almost anything with uh, sports memorabilia would be less stress. But you probably have greater earning power as an attorney. But uh, what what are the similarities, or what would you be seeing in the world of sports cards and autographs and memorabilia that would be of interest to you if you were to make a, a career change or to or to to have a side gig? Or, wh- where would you see any of your skills being transferable, or uh, or areas that be very appealing to you? Because there's you could work for somebody, you could work for yourself. What 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 kind of things were you thinking about? I have a strong command of research and analytical skill. You know, as an attorney, okay. not just okay. not just yeah. case law. You know this too, because you're the statistician. You're right, right, right. But DNA, when you get with the DNA results and the, the numbers and how those come mm-hmm. out and the, the yeah. chances of it hitting in, but that relates to baseball. In this sense, there's so many new statistics going on in baseball. That's that's number one. You know, this the the obsession over the OB. You know, the on base versus the wind above replacement. I mean, yeah. and, and and everything else. The one card company that intrigues me the most is, uh, and it was actually you interviewed uh, a gentleman from Leaf, right? Mm-hmm. I think you interviewed him. Well, I I know him pretty well. I haven't really interviewed him for the show yet. You're talking about Brian, okay. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brian, I've known Brian since he was a uh, he is, maybe even a kid, <laughs> but uh, yeah, long, long time. He is sitting in my gold mine, and I don't even think he knows it with um with his baseball card stuff. He's got the um the perfect game license, and so transitioning, you know, how it relates is with the where my love of baseball comes from and my, my collecting. I generally collect um, minor leaguers. I don't, even during spring training, I'll go to the minor league camps in the backfield. Occasionally I'll get up to the major leaguers. The Marlins are pretty easy to get and I live right across the street from them. But when I get the minors, I hear about the minors from reading and listening to podcasts. Of course, it used to be reading, you know, Baseball America. The right, 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 right. I did that as well. Yeah. But then you go even further and you start hearing about them, their name first pops up in college. Yeah. That's how it used to be when you had your magazine yeah. out. And we, when I today, you're hearing about these kids in high school, and and this is where perfect game um, fits in. So just about every great player from America, the, and a couple of um, they they sometimes have Dominicans who they bring into these baseball uh, perfect game tournaments. But just about every first round draft pick since 2009 has played in one or more perfect game tournaments. Right. Okay, but but Jacob, what 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 are you making a suggestion for Leaf, or are you inserting yourself with your analytical skills into this? Because you know there there's uh, the the kernel of of a good idea in there, obviously, but there's a number of ways you could uh, manifest that ability to to uh, analyze those situations and the familiarity that you already have. So what, what are you saying? Okay, I'm, you're right. I didn't flush that out. The only I've mentioned Leaf because they have to license the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But take it to another level of the original rookie card. Everybody's on that chase. It goes back to myself right. as well. I like to collect the first cards that a player has. Regardless, of, regardless of major league status. Exactly. In fact, okay. before major league status, specifically right, moment right. first. You know, Three right. rookie cards. Yeah. Right. I don't count. I don't count, count team sets in that. I'm not right. with all due respect to the, to the teams. I know they have their little set, but to me, that's not what I consider a legitimate rookie card. I, I consider tops, uh, Lee, Padini, any of those, okay. but, but going back, circling back to, to the to the uh, perfect game, is the ultimate rookie card would be to have that card of that kid when he was 15 or 16 years old. A, a company that would, would focus primarily on that, and, and the reason why I mentioned Leaf is because they have the license, but it could be anyone. Right, okay. Would they, well, they hear yeah. about they that? Wouldn't that affect the, uh, the kid's uh, uh, amateur status? It's funny you say that. Three years ago, I would have said yes. 
But as you know, the, the court just came out with that case about players being able to use their likeness for profit. That, you, that the NCAA was uh, violating. Yeah, for, forced into kind of. Yeah. Yes. Well, again, okay. I don't know the extent of that. I have to research it. So I know I'm a lawyer, but I'm certainly not going to represent that a kid right now can go make money yeah. off his likeness. I don't know. But certainly well, the NCAA or Perfect Game, if they were, if they had those likenesses, if if Perfect Game owned the likenesses to those those individuals, okay. that's certainly something they'd want to consider contracting out. Well, if uh, again, I, I, I'm wondering if if the league is considering even that. We're we're essentially out of time, Jacob. But again, sure. uh, just for benefit of other other people, as we have this discussion, do you feel like you're more entrepreneurial, or you're more where you would like to take this idea and run with it, or is it something where you would like to work within uh, an existing company and, uh, and and do this? I mean, how much of a wildcatter are you? I mean, you... very very simple answer. Definitely hands down. Just. Free advice to the young people out there is the latter. Uh, to be your own boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Working, working for somebody else. Uh, as someone who owns my own business, I am not a big fan of it. I am a solo practitioner. Uh, just the paperwork alone takes up maybe 40% of my practice. It's just the administrative side. Well, okay, wait a minute. You're saying you just want to be a solo practitioner. So you don't want to have a co- – you're entrepreneurial, but you're not interested in building a company. No. You I, just want to do your own thing? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 I'm saying I would have no problem working with somebody else. I'd rather work with somebody oh. else on that. Oh, okay, I'm saying okay. I have a solo practice right now, oh, okay, okay, and I don't okay. like it. Okay, yeah. so you're, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they think, hey, this Jacob guy sounds sharp, he's got a good idea, uh, you know, let's uh, – how would they – well, I'll put in the show notes how they could – if you don't mind, I'll put in your uh, – at least your email Absolutely. or something and your, yes. your website. But Okay, well, uh, we're out of time, but uh, thanks, Jacob, for sharing uh, – some of your experience, you know, it's, uh, uh, again, I'm not going to, I just, I just thought, you know, if I'm going to interview somebody, it's going to be somebody that's in a very high stress job who has a passion for our industry. And uh, let's see how that shakes out. So thanks for sharing your story. Uh, thanks listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with uh, uh, another episode and uh, Jacob, uh, thanks for the, the good idea. I hope somebody um, hears it and perhaps follows up on it and, uh, and uh, get you out of your, um, uh, the door knocking, <laughs> listening to the door be knocking. So again, thanks everybody. Be back again tomorrow.